This is Sal Rastrelli, and I'm going to discuss today with you our next installment on self-defense, which is going to cover the law and you. I know a lot of you are thinking, well, gee, you know, the law is pretty complicated, and what do I do to protect myself, and, and how do I make all this work? You know, we discussed in the beginning, you know, how dangerous society is, and there's a good possibility that some of you may find yourself in a life and death situation where it's going to be you having to defend yourself from a criminal or more than one. Just to try to make this easier for everybody, I want you to understand something. I don't care which state you live in in this country. The laws are very similar when you employ self-defense. If you're in fear for your life or of great bodily harm to yourself, you can use whatever force is necessary to protect yourself. Now, when I say that, I want you to think of what I just said. When you are in fear that your life is in danger or that you may suffer great bodily harm, at the hands of someone else, you can defend yourself. You can deploy whatever means necessary to defend yourself from that attack. As a police officer for many years, and also as a police trainer for many years, I still recruits the same thing I just told you. When you're in fear for your life, or fear of great bodily harm, you use whatever force is necessary to protect yourself. And that's it. It's just that simple. Now, here's where we get ourselves in trouble. I see advertisements all the time. Conceal weapons classes. Wonderful. Take one. Take the class. Put your paperwork in. And say you say you get your permit. Okay, what does that permit entitle you to do? I'll tell you what it entitles you to do. Carry a concealed weapon. It does not give you a license to kill. It does not give you a license to go out and hunt down bad guys. It only gives you a license to carry concealed. Now, what does that mean? You can carry a handgun or whatever type of gun is legal in your state that you took your class for, and you can carry it on your person concealed. Not like Wyatt Earp or Jesse James and some low-slung holster. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. Concealed is important. You don't want to advertise you're carrying a gun, number one. Number two, there are many, many places that don't want to see your gun. And there are many, many places that forbid firearms on their premises. You need to know those in your state. Because sometimes those laws are enforceable by law enforcement. So if you decide to carry into a place that forbids firearms on the property or on the grounds, and you're seen with that firearm, there's a good chance you'll get arrested. 
keep that in mind. Now, this open carry thing that some states have, I don't agree with it, and this is why I don't agree with it. I like guns, don't get me wrong. But visibly carrying a gun to me, in this side society we live in today, is not the smartest thing you can do. I spent many, many years as a law enforcement officer, and I got into quite a few scuffles over the years wearing a firearm. And many, many times, the bad guy would try to take it. Now, I had a lot of training on how to prevent that from happening, so it never happened to me. But there are many, many officers that are buried in the ground because someone did get their gun and kill them with it. Now, as a citizen, there's not too many people out there that train as hard as most police officers do to maintain the vigilance to protect that firearm from being taken from them. There's a good chance your gun will get taken from you if you decide to carry openly and get into a struggle or something like that. I don't agree with the open carry concept. I think it's foolish. It's plain and simple. Now, let's get into, again, the difference between civilian citizen police officer carrying a gun. Police officers have the authority to make arrests and detain people. They get calls to go after people and put them in jail if they broke the law. That's not your job. I have seen and gotten involved and investigated quite a few shootings, whether it was on the job as a policeman and since I've been an investigative consultant, where people have done the opposite and have gone out there and just thought they were a cop because they had a concealed weapon and they had their weapon on them. And they're going to get themselves involved in stuff that they have no business getting involved in. For example, a parking spot argument that leads to a shooting or a verbal argument that because this person had a gun on them and the argument got out of hand, they shoot somebody. Avoidance is what I've taught all my students, civilian citizen students and cancer weapons classes. Stay out of it. Don't immerse yourself into quarrels and God do not get into arguments over parking spots where you're carrying a gun. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Some of the places you can't go into carrying a gun, and I'm sure this goes for every state, is a place that serves alcohol. Most places that serve alcohol are off limits to gun-toting concealed weapon permit carriers. The other thing that frustrates me with concealed carry is I see badges that say concealed weapon permit. They look like police badges. And in the moment that you flash your badge, you are now acting as a police officer and you're not. That's called impersonating a police officer. Do not buy those stupid badges. That's a sales gimmick. It is. All right. Police are police, citizens are citizens. You have every right to defend yourself. And I want to keep it in that vein. You and only you are going to be at that moment in time 
able to save your own bacon. Okay? And that's the truth. Because the cop's not going to be there when this bad stuff goes down. It's going to be you. You have to be prepared. We talked about mental awareness. We talked about mental attitudes. We talked about being prepared physically, having strategy and tactics and, and various weapons, which we'll get into later when we get into the weapons section. It's all up to you. Again, when you're in fear for your life or of great bodily harm, and this is not something you initiated, you are on good legal ground. Now, we'll say everything everything's in your favor. And bad person decides to rob you, rape you, whatever whatever they're going to do to you that puts you in fear of your life or of great bodily harm. And you did not put yourself in the situation. It found you. And you defend yourself. We'll make it simple. You pepper sprayed them and they ran away. You call the police. The police come. They take a report. You go home one piece. They look for the bad guy. Hopefully they find him. We'll say, second scenario, you shoot. Person falls. Police show up. Ambulance shows up. The police want to report. They want to know what happened. Let me give you a little advice. The first thing you should do upon making this decision to have a concealed weapon and to have a permit is to consult an attorney and find one that will defend you in the event of a shooting incident. Okay? The other thing is there's a couple of organizations out there. Uh, United States Concealed Carry Association is one. And, of course, the National Rifle Association is another. And there are others out there, but these are the two main ones. That with memberships and everything else, they do provide some legal assistance to you. Very, very good thought and a very, very good thing to have. Police officers have legal assistance. 90% of the policemen in this country today belong to a union. So they have union representation, which means they have an attorney. If they get involved in a shooting, something that you need to consider. Something else that police officers have going for them. If they shoot somebody on, in, on duty, their fellow police officers are going to respond to the scene. So what's going to happen? They're going to take the officer to the side, to calm them down, you know, get them to relax or her, get them to relax. They're not going to force them to make any statements because there's certain rules that apply. There's psychological proof that in a life-threatening situation, your memory has spasms of sorts where you're not going to remember every little nuance and you may say something that's out of sync, but not a lie. It's just the way your mind perceived it at the time. You don't need to give a full-blown statement the minute the police arrived. You should be afforded the same thing. You, all you've got to say, you give them your driver's license, Say, I, I'm, I'm so shook up right now. I can't make a statement. I need to just relax. This, I was scared. I, I, was, I was afraid this person was going to kill me. I was afraid for my life or my child or my wife or whatever, whatever the situation is. That's all you've got to say. 
and have that phone number of that attorney or that membership card where you can call that emergency hotline number. You need to think about those things. Those things are very important for your survival. You can have everything going for you, not have an attorney, not have a membership with U.S. Uh, concealed carry or NRA. And I'm not pushing either one. You decide who you want to go with. I'm not a, you know, I'm not making any money off or endorsing them. I'm just trying to get it to teach you what you need to know. You get involved in a shooting, that's a very serious event, and it can change your whole life. You can go from hero to jail. I mean, it's happened. I've seen it happen. And, uh, you know, one case that comes to mind, I know and a lot of people have a lot of feelings about it, but it was a self-defense case. But the fact of the matter is, is the person put themselves in a bad situation, and they should never have done that. Um, recently, about a year and a half to two years ago, a police officer shot a man in the back, and I believe it was South Carolina, when he was running away from him, and he killed him. Ultimately, that police officer was finally arrested and sentenced to 20 years in prison. Now, again, if it can happen to the police, it can happen to you. And it needs to happen to anybody that outright commits a murder. Because when I saw the video, he murdered that man. He didn't shoot him in self-defense. It was a murder. And that's something we have to consider here. Taking a concealed carry class typically just brushes up on the laws. It teaches you basic um, marksmanship skills and safety skills with the firearm. And that's pretty much the gist of the class. It's not a lot. Police officers get about 160 hours of training in the use of force, okay, with physical and firearms, and the laws are all in that course, jumbled up in those courses. So they understand the law. They have a better understanding of how the law works. So what I'm trying to do here is shortcut this for you, get you to understand that whatever state you live in, you have the right to defend yourself, plain and simple. Use whatever force is necessary to do so. If you're allowed to have a firearm and you've got a concealed weapons permit, by all means, carry it with you, but carry it concealed. Not all states require concealed carry permits. Know the law in your state. But remember this. You have to be in fear of your life or of great bodily harm to employ deadly force. Okay? That's what you have to remember. And you don't need to make a long, drawn-out statement the day this happens. You need a day or two to calm down, collect your thoughts. There's a lot of things that happen when, when your life is threatened. You get tunnel vision. You get hearing loss. You know, it's all temporary. But you, all your attention kind of focuses down into this danger zone. You get time even slows down to you. It seems like things are happening in slow motion. It's like a, you're, what's happening is your mental survival instincts of your midbrain are taking over. That prehistoric part of our brain is what takes over. 
That's why when I was telling you before, when you prepare yourself mentally and you prepare yourself physically to the point where whatever your weapons are that you're going to be utilizing is second nature, you don't have to think about using it because when the proverbial feces hits the oscillator, you don't have time to think about, oh, how does the safety come off of this gun or the pepper spray can? How do, what do I do? What do I do? You don't have time for that. You need to know how that works, and it needs to be instinctive. And the same goes for being able to observe that your life is in danger and that alarm bell's going off, that you are about to be killed or maimed. And that is when you defend yourself and you have the right to do it. I'm trying to keep this simple. Okay? Find yourself a lawyer that represents people ahead of time ahead of time that handles cases of people that carry guns to defend themselves or or both join the united states concealed carry or the nra and get your memberships up to par and find out what they offer for you in the incident incident that you may have someday have to defend yourself now this is all out on the street when bad guy breaks into your house and is trying to rape, maim, murder, whatever the case may be, you know, people feel even more intruded upon when someone breaks into their own home. And typically in your own home, if you did, like I said in the first video installment or the second one about being prepared and having things around the house where you know where they are and you've trained yourself to retrieve those things, you're better at to defend yourself quicker. But this one's about the law. And to finalize this, understand the laws in your state. Don't just settle for the concealed weapons class. Buy the little law books that are out there or look them up online. Use a deadly force and see what it says. Typically, they read pretty much the same when you're in fear for your life or of great bodily harm. You can employ deadly force to protect yourself. But not every state may say it exactly that way, but most of them do. And the reason why I say that is that as a former police officer, retired now, I carry what's called the uh, HR 218, which is a house rule, federal, which allows me to carry a gun in any state in this country. Now, my training was in Florida. Gee, but I can go anywhere I want with that permit, with that gun. So that tells me that what? The laws are pretty similar in every state if I have to employ deadly force to protect myself. Okay? And if you look at your state, if you have concealed weapons, some states' licenses are reciprocal. Florida reciprocates with something like 30 different states. So if you were to get a Florida permit, you could carry legally in those 30-some-odd states that are listed that they reciprocate with. So, you know, at the end of the day, the laws are very similar, or they wouldn't, wouldn't be reciprocation. But that's just the beginning. Remember, you have to be able to protect yourself and then defend yourself, possibly, in a courtroom in the, in the event some overzealous policeman decides to put you in jail and a prosecutor wants to make an example out of you. Today, we live in a very tumultuous society. We have hate crimes. We have racial issues. We have all sorts of things like that. So when you 
find yourself maybe killing someone in self-defense legitimately, but there's no telling that it couldn't turn into a racial issue or it couldn't turn into some sort of hate crime. Be aware of that. It goes for everybody out there. I believe in justice for everybody, regardless of your race, color, or creed. It doesn't matter to me because this is the United States of America and fair is fair and I want to see it stay that way. So with that being said, I want to, I'm going to end today's episode and we'll be getting ready for another one here soon and I'll let you know when it's going to come out. I'll be talking about various weapons in the next one. Again, God bless you all. Um, Ira, Ira, our real archangel who's flying around up there now with wings, watching over us. And uh, as I haven't said it, I don't think I mentioned it in this video or this uh, episode, but please go on to Amazon and buy my book, How Not to Be a Crime, Prime Crime Victim. How Not to Be a Prime Crime Victim, authored by me, Salvatore Australia. Have a great day, and I look forward to the next episode very soon. You can find it on Archangel of Justice Weekly. Thank you. Or on our Facebook page, 